So my nutsack was itching. And then, so I called my wife and told her, <laughs> were oh, we're recording? Okay, God, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, how you doing? Uh, pretty <laughs> another good. <laughs> Eric, you all right? Yeah, just a little shocked. <laughs> at, at Gilbert's jock itch or? Yeah, I haven't had jock itch, I don't think ever, bro. Like, yeah, I don't think so either. That's weird, yeah. right? I had athlete's foot once. All right, so I welcome to the Pico Dega. My toes. This is supposed to be a tribute podcast to the Beastie Boys, and we're starting it off with Itchy Balls. And that's How you guys doing? Fantastic. Everything good? Yes, good, sir. man. Yes, yes. We're excited about the yeah, Beastie think- Boys tribute. Me too. Actually, um, we're recording this one early. Uh, we're actually recording the night of the election. This is how we're going to keep our minds off of what's going on in the planet right now. And what better way to do it than to talk about, uh, hands down, one of my top five favorite bands of all time and uh, kind of the soundtrack to to our childhood. Um, Why did you bring that up, man? Like, now I'm finding it hard to focus. <laughs> Totally, I had just blocked focused. that all out. You, all right, why are you wait, still not thinking on. about Gilbert's? Okay, you're woo, good. Woo, you're good. Woo, woo, woo. All right. No. <laughs> you're gonna be Sorry. more manly. All right. Sorry. No, no. I was just trying yeah. to like psych myself out. Let's do this. I, I like how you put a little bass in your voice there too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that's <laughs> usually how I talk. Not really. No, no, you don't. <laughs> no, I, right. I've always had a high pitch voice. I get emotional. All right. All right. So how about we knock out the list first and then uh, we dive deep into uh, into the Beastie Boys. So it's um, our 16th episode. Uh, we do, we recorded a tribute to um, to Wu-Tang in our last uh Last episode, now we're going to do a tribute to Beastie Boys. Uh, reason being, this month is uh, the anniversary of both both of their uh, debut albums. Um, so, the tribute mix goes as follows. Um, we start off with uh, intro uh, the, off of License to Ill. Uh, just a clip from um, New Style uh, leads, leads the mix from... Uh, uh, for the playlist, and then followed by Sabotage, which was on Ill Communication, Intergalactic, which was on Hello Nasty, uh, Shake Your Rump, which was on Paul's Boutique, Through the Hard Way, which is on um, the To the Five Burrows album, O Word, which is also from the To the Five Burrows album, Paul Revere, which is on License to Ill, Check It Out, which is on um, the To the Five Burrows. Fight for Your Right from License to Ill, Sure Shot from Ill Communication, Flute Loop from Ill Communication, Body Moving, the Fat Boy Slim Remix, uh, Shadrach, which was on Paul's Boutique, So What You Want from Check Your Head, Looking Down the Barrel of a Gun from Paul's Boutique, uh, Brass Monkey, which is on uh, License to Ill, but I the version that I put on was the live version from Madison Square Garden, Make Some Noise from Hot Sauce Committee Part 2, and then too many rappers featuring Nas on the Hot Sauce Committee Part Two album. All right, before we started, Eric said that 
that he was upset about something. I, I want to get that out of the way. What are you upset about, One, Eric? I don't think you gave Check Your Head enough credit. I thought that playlist. too. You I know, thought that because um, I, I, I wanted to put past the mic. Right, which uh, I love you for that. But you know yeah. my song on there, Time for Living. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. past the I, mic. I, when, when I was looking at this now, I'm like, wow, he didn't put past the mic. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I could have made a 50-song playlist because of how much I love the Beastie sure. Boys. But um, I, I also, <clears throat> I love Check Your Head. It, it, it was just, you know, it's one of those things like we've talked about before. When you build a playlist, you battle yourself of what song to put and whatnot. But uh, I also, a lot of it is also the flow of the music and how you want it to flow. I so I was just being but selfish still, you, because you, I'm going to listen to this playlist and, you know, I'm not going to have the songs I want. You didn't even you didn't even put egg grade for me. Egg grade, I'm egg grade and most. I, I was saying I, I think that to me that was the biggest omission. You didn't, but you, you know didn't what's funny? Do that for me, Carlos. Um, and, <laughs> and to me, yeah, I know. To me, it was like check your head, walk. So you know, uh, uh, how's that expression? Like check your head, walk. So communications can run. Like you know, it was like kind of them building how, how their new style was. Check your head, you know, like check your head, where they incorporated live instrumentations, and then they really came. It all came to fruition during ill communication, you know. Um, but um, but Ed Green and Mojo, man. <laughs> I know, it's, such a, it's just that song where when when they released that album, right? It was that was like the throwback, right? There was that was one of their old like beat, punk it was like their beat side songs. Or, it was like yeah, in their early punk, like their only uh, when punk they were punk days. But I, yeah, yeah, it was just that song, and I remember us listening to it. And I fell in love with it because it was just so ridiculous. Yeah, no, well, I mean, it was. I think when uh, when that album came out, when they released, uh, you know, their B sides and they had it. That that was that was the first time I found out that they were a punk band before that yeah. they were the beastie boys yeah. i think a lot of people did yeah. uh mm -hmm. because you know it, it nobody really knew that much history from the beastie boys at the time because i mean uh i mean that album came out what in the mid 90s when they had all the b-sides on it yeah. probably around that time and uh so nobody really knew that you know they were a punk band before uh let alone that um what's her face from luscious jackson was part of the original Beastie Boys, right. you know that that was pretty. That was pretty. It's just funny. So all of us, you know, we saw the documentary before getting into this, kind of to refresh our history homework. of the Beastie Boys. Yeah, that was that was our that was our our, our homework. You know, like obviously we we knew a lot of the Beastie Boys, but it was a good refresher. And I actually hadn't seen it before. Uh, I had the book, but I never saw the the documentary. Um, what was what I found interesting, or that one of the thoughts that came to my head was, I remember when Luscious Jackson came out with Naked Eyes, and then we knew that they were on Grand Royal. Was Eric's and I first statement to each other was we would call them the Beastie Girls, not <laughs> knowing that she was the original drummer for the Beastie Boys when they were uh, a punk band. Kate, Kate Schellenberger, I think, was her name. The, the, the friend Shumper, that yeah. they had in that. I mean, they, 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 had, yeah. they had a but song. She was, had, she was a drummer on the band. I don't think she was the singer, right? Like, no, she wasn't. No, it was another no, girl. No, I forget her no, name. Uh, 
Yeah. And they, they I think they had um, I forgot about that, Carlos. Sorry. Yeah. That we did refer to them as the yeah. Beastie Girls. Yeah, that's yeah, the Beastie Girls. They had um I think they had a, a, a that they had a song on the Clueless soundtrack, which remember that the Clueless soundtrack was a big deal. Naked Eye, right? Was it was, my naked was it Naked Eye? Yeah. Oh, uh, was that one? Okay, I can't remember if that was the same one. Um, but yeah, they were cool. They were a cool band. It was just that yeah, style, they were the Beastie Girls. They had that that whole skater style and yeah, it was cool. Yeah. That was one of the things I liked about yeah, their no, videos too. They they shot a lot of stuff with with like fish eyes. It had a very skate style to it. Yeah, that well, it was, you know, and that was all. Yeah. It was all MCA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And and but, it's weird because yeah, you think all... it would be like Spike Jones had that if because I, I don't know if you know like Spike Jones used to make skate videos too. That's that's, right. how, that's how he started. Yeah. yeah. So I think he did their 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 um, sabotage videos. So, so I, originally I thought, oh man, did he no? And it was after seeing the documentary, they were doing that back in '85, like with you the know, fisheye lens. And it, I thought that that was so neat. It, it's funny that you brought up. <laughs> I it was it was funny that you brought up the sabotage video and and I had learned something. It so, you know, I, after watching the documentary, I went back and like played a lot of their videos and 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 you know just to refresh my memory. So, MCA's alias was Nathaniel Hornblower, right? right. And when they do the the fake credits to the fake sabotage show. His name is Cochise, but the character's name is Nathan Wind. So, like, that's kind of cool how he tied that in. And finding out that when they recorded that video, they did it hey, without Carlos, permits. I'm sorry, are you able they... to pull the mic a little bit back? Yeah, it's, 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 it's popping it, a lot. popping a lot. Okay. Is that better? Or maybe just turn the level down? Sorry, I didn't mean to ruin your flow like that. Hello? Oh, now we've lost him. We fucked this up. We lost you, Carlos. Now I can't hear you. No, he he's, he muted himself. Oh. Anyway, so yeah, so yeah, his name was Nathan Wind in the in in the video. Yeah. Right. Back to the fisheye lens thing. So it, it first started with um what, what was the, um hold it now hold it now and they they have that they have that video you see them with a skateboard and a bmx bike and they're yeah. using the fisheye lens and i always thought they started that that skater style later in in was it 92 when they did when they released check your head when check your head did, yeah when check your head but they actually did it before with rhyming and stealing and no and yeah too and, and i was like i thought it was done on purpose like to their they're kind of express their rebirth, right? I know, and they did they 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 did some of that too, um, in um, in uh, Paul's boutique with the uh, shake your rump and stuff like that. They they had that fish lens, the fish eyed lens, and all that stuff as well. But um, yeah, I mean, they were, I I mean, it's just a, on a bigger, broader thing. I mean, with the Beastie Boys, I think like why I think they resonated w with so many people too is because like like for like for me growing up, like you know, I used to skate. But I love I was I loved hip hop I loved punk rock and you was never you this, never was this before or after you would throw rocks and spit on Eric? This was <laughs> it was he threw gum at me, Carlos gum. <laughs> not true. Because I was the only skater in West Miami, and that's I was not true. So, no. Oh, hold on, before before you continue, Gilbert, because I'm glad that you guys mentioned the the 
the Paul's Boutique album. What I didn't know is on the Shadrach video, all the artwork was done by MCA. Really? Yeah. He so if you re, if you recall the video, you know it's you see like uh, them at a live show. He actually went frame by frame and painted all of that. Oh wow! Yeah, but I'm sorry. Did, go, you, go did you? Somebody didn't do their homework because it, it appears during the credits. They talk about the, that during the in credits. The, in the post credits, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't so, know. That. No, yeah. Incomplete oh. for you, Gilbert. Sorry, guys. F minus. Well, thank you, thank you for ruining my my, solilo my soliloquy about the Beastie Boys. Though, thanks a lot. <laughs> Look, this, this is the second episode that. You, so I think he's spending more time looking up words in the dictionary than actually researching <laughs> researching the the episode. He's prepping his daughter for the SAT. What was the right? bomb that he dropped during the Wu Tang episode? Interpolation. Powerful word, powerful word. But back to my point, more importantly, was that <laughs> I got, I'm very sassy today. Wow. Um, what you call it? That um that they really showed a group of, of people like that that grew up in, in like my generation, like that grew up with skateboarding, but that that grew up with hip hop and listened to punk rock. Like there's people just like you. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to be like we've talked about in other episodes, right? When you were either a especially in Miami, you were either a bro or a rocker or a skater. You know what I'm saying? Like you could be all of those and and love hip hop and love uh punk rock and love skateboarding and still make it normal. You know what I mean? And they and again, it was like more with check your head. Um, and to your point, Carlos, like you, I, I think like they suppressed kind of like when, especially in no communication and even a little bit during um, Paul's Boutique, like you didn't know about them coming from this uh, hardcore group, you know, punk rock um, thing from New York, you know, like you find that later when they're, they're when they're playing their own instruments on Check Your Head and, and, and you start seeing some of these st stuff come out from, you know, early, early Beastie Boy times. And, and it was cool, man, like, you know, it was just cool to know that there's people like like you out there too. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was that was the difference, you know? Yeah, and, and it was funny because they they pretty much followed our path during or, or the the path that we followed during our youth, which is, you know, we weren't stuck on one genre of music. You know, right. they you know they they were a punk band, and then hip hop came out, and then they fell in love with it, and um, and then to fall in love with something that you become part of the history of it. I mean, you got so what? Def Jam had signed four people right off the bat, or or they they were one of the first four. It was L. Cool J, uh, T. La Rock, and Jazzy J. Um, you know, and the Beastie Boys. You know, they were they were at the precipice of of hip hop. You know, yeah. so it was it was you know, and they never lost their you know, their passion for where they came from, you know, they still snuck in, you know, you know, punk songs and, and, you know, then they had that party vibe and hip hop. So they were, they grew up like us where, you know, we weren't fixated on just one genre that they just liked it all. Yeah. So Except it, it, when they started a band, they actually followed through. They didn't <laughs> just have merchandise. No, well, we had we had three shirt, no, one shirt, right? One, one, one shirt, one, one shirt, <laughs> one a name, one instrument, and the name. That was pretty cool. And and much like corn, we we had we had the the the, the I had spelled the dysfunctional the Y backwards on dysfunctional. I'm not gonna lie, there 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 was a there there was a lot of similarities when I was watching that, you know, and I. I I immediately thought of you and what you're trying to do with this podcast when they started discussing um, MCA. 
yeah. you know, how he, he brought everybody together and he says, Hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to push forward. We're going to try this out and let's bring it, let's bring us together as a group and, you know, let's, let's go for it. Let's see if it works out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And look, this was, uh, you know, we'll get the sad part out of the way. So I'm the first person I called, what hmm? would you say, Eric? Oh, I was just saying I was left-handed. Okay. It's so, a hard world. <laughs> so I'll, I'll never forget the first person I called when NCA died was Gilbert. And it's not a competition, Eric. Yeah, it never is when you're winning. Uh, <laughs> Eric, tell us again how the bronze medal is actually the hardest one out of the three. It is indeed. <laughs> but no, well, I and you know, I know Gilbert is a bigger Beastie Boy fan than you are. You know, and yeah, I didn't fall asleep at a lot of blues when they were playing. <laughs> oh my god, I was so exhausted. Yeah. I still but, got to see uh, Nirvana though. That was the oh, oh, nice. there we go. All right. <laughs> but what you know, and I'll never forget uh, Gilbert's statement was this you know, they were the soundtrack to our youth. The first and only time I have ever cried when a celebrity passed. Really? Was when MCA died. Not even when, oh, first time, never mind. All right. No, so, um, no, it's the one and only time I've ever cried when a yeah. celebrity died. And because, you know, I, I'll never forget, uh, you guys had graduated when uh, Ill Communication came out, or Gilbert had graduated. Um, and I was in summer school, and Ill Communication had come out, and I bought it. That that CD didn't leave my. We're gonna date ourselves. Our our discman or my discman for a very long time. That's all I heard. And at the time, you know, I was hanging out with a few skaters that, you know, we may or may not have been involved in some street art. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and you know, a lot of time when when we would go express our art out in the street. You know, that, that's all I was listening to, you know, and, and um, you know, it, it was, there was four CDs in my backpack the whole time, and it was Ill Communication, Paul's Boutique, because I love Paul's Boutique, I love that whole album, um, and Check Your Head, and I, the last one I think was, uh, I probably, uh, Ice Cube Predator, because that, <laughs> I know I brought that album up a lot, but I really love that album. Uh, but yeah, those were, those are the only four CDs that were always in my backpack, but you know, it was, I'll, you know, there's, there's memories of that album that I'll never forget. Um, Nick, oh. Nick, Nick would always listen to Sure Shot. And that was, that was his, when he felt like he was all hip hop, it was just that one song. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, I'm done. Yeah. Right. yeah and then, but and you know, I'll never, I never forget, like the day that I opened it, looking at that green CD and the whole, you know, the whole CD itself was the Grand Royal uh, logo. Mm -hmm. And then it didn't matter how many times I opened the CD, I went through that the pamphlet, the insert, all the time. Every time I heard it, it didn't have lyrics or anything, but just I would just open it, just that you know. smell. Yeah. Remember that paper? It had that smell that was insane. Yeah, dude. I so it, it, it's. 
that's why it, it was really heartfelt when he, when he passed away, especially, you know, you always picked who your favorite Beastie Boy was, and he was always my favorite Beastie Boy. So, and followed by Ad Rock. Mike D never made it in the top two. I yeah, like mine was MC, <laughs> but I was always MCA, Ad Rock, and, and Mike D. My, mine was Ad Rock. Yeah. And then, he was the cool guy. Yeah. Did, did you guys ever watch that film, Just Angels? I saw that no, film. I saw no, it several saw it. times. <laughs> I remember watching that when I was a kid, and I just, oh, that's the Beastie Boy. That's yeah. what I knew it as. It is a bad movie. He doesn't even say the name of the movie in the documentary. That's no, and he even tells you not to watch it. It's so bad. <laughs> but you know what? I, I, I mean, I watched it several times. I was like during like the pump up the volume era that, you know, you had these teen Yanks movies. Great soundtrack, by the way. Yeah. Pump up the volume. But yeah, I mean, Gilbert, did you ever finish your soliloquy? I did. Uh, <laughs> no, just just how important the BC Boys were. And like, like just, uh, you know, um, just somebody that, that, that you knew was like you, you know, and was that the first, uh, first, uh, musical artist you ever cried when, when they passed away? No, mine was Sonny Bono. <laughs> <laughs> right, I, I, he was trying to get Kurt Cobain out of you. I, know, I know, but oh, he knows, he knows. <laughs> Sonny Bono is way funnier. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I was, I, I was, yeah, I was hurt when, 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 um, when uh, MCA passed away, and and just to, even this morning, man, I, I was at I was at work watching the the uh, the uh, documentary, and and you know, getting 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 teary eyed when when they talk start talking about about MCA and just and and uh, you know he passed away in two thousand nine, I think it was right, twelve, and, 2012. Yeah. and um and uh, two thousand nine was the last concert that Bonnaroo concert, yeah, two thousand twelve, and eight years ago, and you and you still see how uh, you know Ad Rock still. Uh, just talking about him, how he gets, you know, emotional. And that, that part hit me. Well, think about it this way. They got together when they were 15, 14 and 15. Yeah. You know, and they're, you know, they're creeping up or a little bit over 50 now. Yeah, they're over 50. You know, they're not friends. Those, that's those are brothers. Today. Yeah, those are brothers. You know, I mean, think about it. We, we've been friends for over 30 years or about or 30 years, Eric and I, 29, you and me, Gil. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, you you break up a family, you know? The, how many times haven't we joked around with our family that we're more family than we are with our actual family? Yeah. You know, and that, that's, you know, that that's, it's a brotherhood, you know, and not, and think about it this way. And it wasn't just them three, like, so DJ Hurricane was with them for 13 years. And then uh, Mixed Master Mike started with them in 1989. So, you know, they, they really don't touch on that, but that that's, you know, that, that was a big loss for them too. Yeah. You know? But, all right. I, I'm going to just point this out. You know what I like seeing in the documentary? He had a great smile, like a very disarming smile. Like when you watch it, you just, man, you, you get that vibe. But he was a good person. You right? know, that, actually, like, that, the way he would smile and laugh, you're like, wow, it's, it, was, it was a welcoming laugh and smile that he had. You know, I, I didn't think about it till you just said it. And, and one of my favorite pictures that they show is him laughing with the Dalai Lama. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That's cool. He has such a big smile. And then they show a picture when he was a teenager and you see all of his teeth. Like it's just <laughs> like it, 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 you, like it's one of those, you know, when people laugh just to laugh or people laugh with feeling behind it, you know, like that, that's, you know, you're, yeah. I mean, look, 
to find out when you know he hit a maturity level before the rest of the band and acknowledged what they were when they were younger and instead of you know letting it pass saying we got to fix this and then the cool thing was in the documentary when he drops that line on sure shot and then they realize holy shit he's right and they didn't expect him to say that or didn't hit him right off the bat and saying all right look you know we were young and crazy we had all this money and you know you know we were misogynists when we were kids and we legit got and he legitly changed who he was and wanted to genuinely become a better person at least in that in that doc it gave the vibe that he was the one that always kind of broke from what they were stuck in yeah he was the one that stepped up to to russell simmons and says hey i don't I'm done with this. I don't want right. to be that that guy anymore. Yeah. I don't want to portray that that party guy image anymore. Yeah. You know, and then like and and he, you know, he was the one responsible for their rebirth again. Yeah. Stuff like that. So yeah. what what an amazing guy. I, I think one of the coolest thing was um is uh what's the song that has the sample from uh, Led Zeppelin? That when they go to his apartment and he has a oh, real the, reel. The setup. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he's running it through like different. He's he's running the tape out. Yeah, so it could slow down the drum beat. <laughs> that, that's crazy. But that, well, but that that's probably uh, one of the strongest statements regarding MCA was when Ad Rock says, "You have those friends that you could hang out with, but then they gets too intense, and then you have those other friends that when you tell them we should hang out more often, but you don't." And then you have that friend that, you know, you'll do anything for and he'll do anything for you, but you really don't know him because, and he's like, says, we really don't know. Like he was always so far ahead than everybody else, you know, like they, when they all separated and what did he go do? He went to Tibet, he went to go hiking, he went and then came back and, you know, started changing the way that they were playing music. That one story when uh, he says he bought an upright bass and he just started playing it, you know, like he just, oh, it's like, he's always known how to play it. Or when he came up with the riff for sabotage, you yeah. know, like the, he just, Oh, he goes, it's ours, you know, and that's, you know, we have friends like that. Dino was like that, you know, where mysterious dude, all of a sudden pick up, pick up any instrument and mastered it, you know, like that's it. It, it I've never seen a documentary or heard a group of people that, that are so relatable to, you know, our childhood and growing up. So. And not just the, the, the musical part of it. It was, he, he was their, he was their photographer. He was their videographer yeah. uh, during the director. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, let's go, let's do everything, man. And, Eric, and it was, it was Eric, that get, a, cool, get a little closer to your mic. Sorry. It was that DIY, DIY approach that they had. That was really cool, man. And, and just didn't he, he what are, what, are, what are they called? Like Renaissance man? He truly yeah. was, man. And and he, he I'm not gonna limit myself to one thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, it, it. it was yeah, it was I'm I'm glad that I saw it. Um, you know, the, the book shares a lot about a lot of a lot of that and to show the the talent that those guys had in the book. They wrote a comic book, a cookbook, you know, along with their life story. Um there's there's another book that I have, and I won't get too much into this, but uh, um there's a book called Together Forever, and it talks about their relationship with Run DMC and how close they were. Um, if you have the opportunity to, you know, 
check out the Beastie Boys book because that that was it, it's a great book and it's but the, I mean it's a massive book. Uh, and then another one called Together Forever, which talks about the relationship with talks about Def Jam and then the relationship with Run DMC. But you know, and, and you know, just not that the evolution of their music too. Yeah, you know, just how 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 they went full circle, but then when they came back around again, they were just that much better. You yeah, know, they, yeah. they practice like we're not going to be chumps on it. Like we're 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 actually going to play instruments because they they played harder stuff. You know, they went to the jazz sound and yeah. they 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 messed around with shit like that. Yeah, like if there's on the like the root down EP, it, it's almost all instrumental, right? And it's just them playing jazz and. You know, and you take guys that have been playing punk and, and then switched over to, you know, like a hip hop form to learn. to And they taught themselves, you know, like they, it was just them locked in that house and, and, and just practicing and practicing. You know, jazz isn't easy. You know, it, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a hard genre to learn how to play. But, um, you know, you know, we'll finish off with MCA and, and keep talking about the rest of the guys. But, you know, MCA founded um, a fucking, uh, you know, a movie company. The, um, you know, well, what's the name? Uh, I forget the name of the company. The, let me see, I have it here. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oscilloscope Laboratories. That's that, him? That's him. He founded that. Wow. Yeah, and then, um, you know, I, I, what was shocking was the, uh, when they talk about the Tibetan Freedom Concert, I didn't realize how big that was, that it was the biggest concert since Live Aid. Oh, there you go. There's Eric demonstrating book. <laughs> no, this is just, this is a, a coffee book that I have. It's called Fuck Your Heroes by Glenn Friedman. Like he was a photographer for, um, he was like the dog pound boys, like him and Craig Stessett. Oh yeah. So he has, he's, he's a New York dude and he has a lot of stuff like early, that that era of of Def Jam and you know with Run DMC, Beastie Boys, and and all the guys like all these things. Please, I didn't want to throw you off, man. You were going a good route. I just wanted to show you some pictures of Beastie Boys, like no, that's all right, stuff. that's all right. But yeah, so you know, he develops he he develops this this uh, this concert, and when they flash through the lineup, the monsters that were on that stage. Yeah, it was, I mean, you saw like Bjork there, Rage was there, right? uh, Tribe Called Quest, <laughs> yeah. Tribe Called Quest uh, I forgot. I don't know if you remember, we went to, um, it was like a festival that they had, and, and I think Nirvana was supposed to be the headliner that year, but um, it ended up being I, that, like... I, uh, you can't say Nirvana Cups. now without me thinking that you're going to take a jab at her. I get right, <laughs> and, and um, Beastie Boys played there too, so... You know, that was like his his first time seeing Beastie Boys. It would have been his first time seeing Nirvana. But I don't know if you there remember be, before when before the whole festival started, um, they set up and they did a prayer. They brought out they brought out the Buddhist monks to do a prayer to kick off the whole festival. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't, do you I don't guys remember, remember that. that? No, no, I don't. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I do. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, be that was neat that like, you know, and he I, I want to say like they they inspire like to people to be more uh, philanthropic I guess yeah you know like not not to I'm, be so self centered and and hey there's other things you could do you know stop being so self centered and and go out there and, and and help the guy next to you you know granted we're not gonna be at the level where we could help 
we could go to Nepal and do these things, but yeah, he made you reach out in your home, like close to home. Yeah. You know, let's let's do other things. Maybe we could help in different ways. And now's a good time to have an MCA, huh? Seriously. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, look, it's one the, the Beastie Boys as a group, and and it's you know they, they get a lot of praise and 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 you know obviously they're they're legends, but you know it's very rare that you hear the impact that they had on hip hop history. They were there in the beginning, you know, the beginning of Def Jam, you know, before the podcast started, um, you know, Eric was mentioning, you know, you look at Rick Rubin in the documentary and now people have him on a pedestal, one of the greatest producers of all time. And, you know, like the guy's a legend, but, you know, he was, uh, you know, to watch, to watch those moments in history where, you know, they walk in, they meet Rick Rubin, they put this song together, and then Rick Rubin pitches them to Russell Simmons. They go from, you know, from recording one song that never didn't get released till a few years ago to being Madonna's first opening act and her first in the Like a Virgin tour, and then opening up for who they end up opening up for, Curtis Blow later on, right? Is that who? Uh, and Run DMC. And Run DMC. You know, so. Um, you know, it's, you can't talk about hip hop history without starting off, you know, with, I mean, obviously you have, you know, all the legends that, that came out of the basketball park parties in New York, but would Def Jam wouldn't have been Def Jam without the Beastie Boys. What were, was, they were pretty much his, his kind of in to MTV, to the MTV crowd. Right, like that, yeah. that opened the doors yeah. for, for, for Def Jam. So, well, you had so, Run DMC. Let, let's not take away from well, yeah, what I Run mean, DMC did, but you know, let, let's be real. Beastie Boys opened that. They yeah, were more Run, accessible than Run DMC was. Yeah. Well, and Run DMC was wasn't signed to Def Jam. They were they were signed to Profile. Yeah. Right. They just they happened to be brothers. Russell brothers. Yeah. Russell, <laughs> Russell, Russell, yeah, Russell managed uh, Run DMC. That's right. Um, but yeah, there there was their their thing, and even LL because LL had um, I need a girl before Beastie Boys. I think I think they, it might have been right before, but it wasn't as huge as obviously when Fight for Your Right, you know, the party came out. It was it's all you saw on MTV, like it's all you saw all the time. So um, yeah, it was it was interesting to see like the 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 early thought. I, I mean, you know, it was cool to see the reaction of how people thought that he, that it was Rick Rubin and, and uh, Russell Simmons that kind of made the Beastie Boys originally. And I mean, for people that weren't around that time, the Beastie Boys were the biggest thing in music for a while there. You know what I mean? The biggest thing, you know? And I mean, you're talking about them opening up for Madonna, which is crazy. You know what I mean? So. Well, you're um, talking in that era. Yeah. Yeah. That era. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like that, you know, like, you know, when they were signed to Def Jam Um, and uh, it was, it was just kind of crazy to 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 think how how people thought that they were manufactured like almost like a boy band in a sense you know what i mean where it's like they thought it was the people around them that made them great i guess you can say you know yeah so i'm glad i'm glad that i'm glad that you brought up fight for the right this was a little tidbit of beastie boys uh knowledge that i didn't know and i don't know if you guys knew this so i'm going to read this to you the rocking guitarists heard in the No Sleep Till Brooklyn were performed by who do you think who who do you think played the guitar riff? 
Ted Nugent. No. Gilbert, guess. Uh, Steve Vai. Twisted Sister. No. They were performed by Slayer guitarist Kerry King. Cool. And who actually appears in the video. So in Fight, in fight for Your Right or for No Sleep Till Brooklyn? And, uh, and No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, I just... Yeah, I did say that, but that's, no, that's I, why I said Twisted Sister. Yeah, no sleep till Brooklyn, <laughs> but you know that that at least feeds into my my anger side, a little bit of Slayer, but uh, but yeah, I mean it was. I found out so much, uh, so much. If I wanted to find information that wasn't on the documentary, that wasn't in the book, and wasn't common Beastie Boy knowledge, uh, did you know? that Mike D is very well respected in the home decor community. <laughs> this is, I, no, that, I did not Carlos. That was, Please elaborate. it was shocking as shit to me. So his home comes out in great homes and destinations <laughs> because of his talent for decor. As a matter of fact, Michael Diamond is, has a wallpaper company. And apparently, God. Does, yeah. So that, that dude, look how much these guys fucking do. <laughs> that I, I thought I was like, I read that, and I'm like, no, nah, I got to look at it because you know, I obviously went immediately to tonelope.com. Of course. And, and then I go, this can't be true. And then I researched it. No, it's it's true. It's the guy owns a wallpaper company, and but even they mentioned it in the doc documentary, they own a bicycle shop. They yeah, all... I, I wanted to know more about that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and uh, but you know, it, it's it, these and and it's funny because they, you know, they were known they were known as clowns, and at one point they mentioned like they they didn't know their own identity if they were, you know, they went from being, uh, you know, making fun of what popular culture was, and they ended up being popular culture, right? And and. Uh, but they were all incredibly business savvy, especially uh, Yao. So th this is another thing I didn't know. He set up a deal where no, no Beastie Boys song will ever be used for a commercial or for advertising. If they use it, it's like it's a massive lawsuit. And then I also did it. So it all played out from when um, I can't remember, oh, when they did, when they recorded Cookie Puss, a British airline used it. And the first money that they got was 40 grand in a lawsuit that they won off of, off of that airline. And that's how they bought their first house. That's how MCA bought his house. Wow. And then so thereafter, he said, no Beastie Boys song will ever be part of any advertising because you think as big as they are, as well known as they are, there's a commercial you would have heard them in, or you know, it, it's. But no, that that was what they worked out, and so I, I, it's it's amazing how they're one of the people that actually did it for the love of what they were doing. There was never any controversy among them. They lasted an eternity, and you know, for the music business. And I mean, it literally took death to end them, you know, completely. So they would have continued on forever. I thought that was cool too that that um, that they never tried to replace at, um, um, MCA. You know, well, um, it was his band. 
No, I know, but but you know, like I mean, you you would think or greed could take over. Him. Yeah, or greed would take over at some point. You know, where they're like. I'm sure they can, you know. I, I don't think they're at a point in their lives <laughs> where they. Well, you never know. Well, no, but 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 um, if in the um, they were getting ready to drop an album when, when um, when he passed. Yeah. Well, I think I, I also. So there's music sitting out there that we haven't heard. Yeah. No, I think they no. The album came out. It was the one that has oh, okay. the the song with Nas on it. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, no. There's so I I read there they still have, uh, a small catalog of music that they're planning on putting out later on. Oh, that'd be cool, yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, which would be amazing, you know, but, um, you know, and we talked about it a little bit, but Grand, uh, Grand Royale, uh, the record company. I mean, so think about what came out of there, you know, because people thought maybe it was an obsolete, you know, record label that they didn't put out. I and mean, it was just them and Luscious Jackson that people think, but at the drive-in came out from them. Uh, Ben Lee, uh, Luscious Jackson, which we mentioned, Sean Lennon, DJ Hurricane put out an album with them. So you know, it wasn't it wasn't a, a you know kind of a in the like truly independent regular, but they actually put out music. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like a little boutique kind of thing. They yeah. were actually yeah. trying to trying to put me out. It wasn't like Beat Bodega Records. It was, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was. It, it's so amazing that the, the life that they've had and, and going back to, to uh, you know, your statement about it was never a money grab for them. You know, when they went through that window of, you know, of kind of, re, you know, after they, they felt that Paul's boutique was a failure and they sat out for that period of time and they went back to playing clubs and it wasn't about, making money it was just they just wanted to go back and, and make the music that they wanted to make yeah you know and you hear it throughout the whole documentary you see you read it in the book it was just about hanging out with your friends like when they expressed the guilt that they had when they moved on and they left uh i forget her name when they left Kate the yeah Kate Schellenbach, when they left her behind the fact that it it, it weighed on them all those years yeah. Well, you know well the, the there's a moment where he says that he saw her and he couldn't eat. He didn't. He couldn't. He even was. He was ashamed. Yeah. He was ashamed to say hi to her. A friend, somebody that you grew up with, that you're embarrassed to to say hello to them. Yeah. Like that's bad. And to put it out there, you know, to say, hey, this is, Damn. and but you know, but you could imagine the thrill that they had when. Or like they expressed it when she was playing for Luscious Jackson, and they they signed them. And it was another it was another friend of theirs too that they knew from early childhood, a yeah. Jenny Kniff. Yeah. I want to call her the knife, but I'm sure that's not. <laughs> it really is Kniff. Yeah. Look, they spend all that time in LA, and all they wanted to do was go back to their neighborhood in New York. You know, like that. So it, it's they. There's there's a real honesty and 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 sincerity to to them. Like as you say, like there's. You you watch a documentary, you hear them in interviews. You, they they were never phony. That that was just a group of friends that that you know. And, and that, that Jill Kniff. Sorry, Jill Kniff. Jill. I had to look her up because and and it's not even Kniff like knife. It's C U N N. Oh my God. You know what? You, you know what it, what it is to it, and I think you know because I I remember like I think I had oh. Uh, when they started kind of like changing, I'm like, oh, but you know, you guys were the fight to, you know, I, I think I had that initial reaction as well. But then at, now me getting older, 
it's like, dude, you're not the same. You know, imagine being 17 and 18 year old kids with all the money in the world. You're the, you know, the biggest group. Yeah, you're going to be fucking partying and, and, you know, doing whatever you can. You know what I'm saying? And then as you, you get older, you get married, you have kids. Like, I don't, I don't have the same, I don't think the same as, as I did, you know, 20 years ago or whatever, you know? So it's, I, you know, it's, it's, it's a natural progression that they did. And, 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 you know, they had to do it in front of everybody. You know? Well, but, but the, the maturity. But they never really had any embarrassing moments, right? No, the, there was never really any controversy. No, right. no, but, but what's, what's amazing is yes, artists evolve and then you see celebrities mature, but not at the level that they did. No, they did a complete 180. Yeah, I mean, it was the, the consciousness that they had to, to say, hey, we, we got to do something with our success and do something positive. And the fact that they were able to change themselves as individuals, like, you know, like, you know, hey, you know, we were misogynistic. We were all we did was party and do drugs. And, you know, and then, no, this is we're done. You know, like this is and credit to MCA that they had that guy with them in the group that said, no, no. We're done with it. Like this is not right. You know that 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 makes it really impressive. Um, but yeah, and I, I mean, look, and Eric, I know you had stepped away for a little bit, and uh, we were talking about uh, how Grand Grand Royal, uh, you know, is responsible for at the drive-in, uh, Ben Lee, Sean Lennon, uh, Luscious Jackson, uh, and then DJ Hurricane, who was with him for thirteen years. And then uh, Mixed Master Mike, who uh, by himself is a legendary DJ. You know, he was part of the Invisible Scratch Pickles. Um, and, you know, since 89 till present, he's, he's you know, part of the Beastie Boys. I didn't even know at the drive. And yeah. that's on their label. Yeah. They gave him the shot. And they did. Cool. They did. Um, <clears throat> Gilbert, any, any more uh, Beastie knowledge you want to draw? Well, I, I, are we going to talk a little bit about the, the, some of the songs on the playlist, or we can? Yeah, yeah. just because I, I, I think I think it's interesting. If you guys are going to call me out on not putting out a a great on Mojo, it was, just, Mojo. it was just two songs, man. Well, sometimes, sometimes, or you have in the past, text me, you know, please put that, but it didn't happen, you know, and then I. Whoa! Did he just like reverse table us, like? Did no, you slide back you, on us. You, like, not, not Gilbert. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think I think it would be interesting because you can, you know, you uh, just breaking down some of the how, how different those albums were. You know, from from, I mean, it's crazy when you think about it, like Ill, like what Ill communication was to Paul's uh, Paul's uh, not Paul's Revere, <laughs> Paul Revere, Paul's Boutique. You know, I to, never gave that album that much of a shot. I never. I love that album. I never. I love. I I, 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 I think I ended up revisiting. Actually, Carlos was one of the guys that because he's always been a. Uh, uh, he always loved that record, um, and and it has great songs on it. You know, um, but um, so yeah, you go from Ill Communication to Paul's Boutique to Check Your Head to Ill Communication, to Hello Nasty, and they're all you know. Communication and check your head are probably the, the closest um, in styles, but everything else was so different. Like, so it's it, it'd be kind of interesting to see, you know, um, how they changed throughout the the, the 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 playlist. I guess you could say. Yeah, and so um, it's funny because I just like the Wu Tang mix. I, I wanted to give it the respect that it, it deserved, 
and I'm being selfish because those are two of my, you know, two of my favorite groups. And then, but, um, you know, I love new style and, but I love that intro. And, and I thought to myself, how cool would it be like just to kick people in the teeth with the mix and go from that and then right into sabotage. And then, and I love that they brought it up in the, in the documentary when they did the VMAs because they, so not only do you have, if you remember that VMA show, that rotating stage, it was, it was Green, Green Day, Day. Green Day that performed first. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know, they get everybody hyped up and then the stage turns around and you just have immediately, you know, them playing sabotage. Yeah. You hear the, and then it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah dude, it, it was probably one of my favorite VMA moments because you had Green Day playing a song that wasn't popular, but right. was, you know, that, that they never made a video for, they didn't, but, but it, it's a great fucking song. And then all of a sudden you have, you know, cause that was pretty much their, their comeback was with ill communication. And then that song was a hit, like pretty much right when it came out. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but I thought, I thought check your head was the comeback. That's not really what that, that to me was the, what no. put him, brought them back up. You know? Yeah. But it, check your head wasn't as big, like ill communication, really? put, put them back. Even though Check Your Head had had So What You Want, which they played a lot on, on MTV. Yeah. Um, they had people wearing wool beanies in Florida. Yeah, for real. Like, come on. I, I, <laughs> wow, so, yeah. I but it wasn't, it wasn't, was the, it wasn't, it wasn't a big commercial success. No, it wasn't, a, commercially, it wasn't, it wasn't, no, I mean, nowhere near ill communication. And, and especially Sabotage. Sabotage was yeah. huge because, yeah. It, Let me ask you something about Sabotage. Did the video make that song great? Yes. Or did the song make well, that Well, the song's great. great. But the, the video was what put them over the top. Right? Yeah. I, I have, you know, I love the song and, and just that, that baseline is incredible. But was it the video or the song? <laughs> no, the, well, it, it was. You could say that. So remember, we, uh, and I had mentioned it on the Wu Tang album, on the Wu Tang album, on the Wu Tang episode. That's part of that is, is what made me decide to say, hey, we're going to do an episode strictly dedicated to MTV. One, because people forgot what MTV used to be. Two, I mean, you couldn't wait to get home and catch whatever your favorite show was, whether it was Alternative Nation, uh, you know, 120 Minutes, Headbangers Ball, Yo MTV Rap. You and then home at midnight those days, Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm to thinking, wait till midnight to watch. No, but but you waited for your show. You waited for you know, like you know, you wanted to see what you wanted to see. You know, you wanted to hear your music. And you know, TRL. That was later. We were already. (laughs) We were old. We were old already, brother. Yeah. But you know, it's uh, you question that a lot. You question that. What was it? The video or the song? I.e., Bull in the Heather. Well, that's that's for a different episode. (laughs) I I love that. Don't get us started on. Oh, by the way, Ad Rock is married to Kathleen Hanna. Yep. That's yeah. kind of cool too, and he was married to Ioni Sky before too. Yeah, he was. Say anything. Yeah. So that's a little trivia for you guys there. I actually like that. I lo- I actually listen to Bull and Heather all the time. Worst, worst album ever. Uh, so, <laughs> the, the album's not great. We're not big Sonic Youth fans here. I know. I know we, they're they're. We thought we were staple of a generation, but <laughs> it's, it's funny you said that. We thought we were. We thought we were. <laughs> But yeah, it was one song, and then, dude, I'll never. I, we bought. Oh, 
uh, totally off subject, but I just read an article uh, right before we started. You know, Tower Records is back. I didn't know it was. What are, they, what are they selling? <laughs> well, no, they, they sort of, every record store had gone. Had, oh, you mean like as a record shop, not as a. a, a well, they're an online record store. Well, the, the funny thing is, it's I, I, I kind of appreciate this from this generation that cassettes are coming back. <laughs> like, you know, I, you know, for the past few years, vinyl has outsold CDs, but who the fuck buys CDs anymore? But I, I don't know why cassettes have made a comeback. I don't know if they're just collectible. But now you, you like I went to uh, Best Best Buy and Target sells Walkmans again. Like what's going on Walk- here? Huh? What is going on? I, I do I don't know. It's the fucking world's a crazy place right now. But I like to read you know because they had gone bankrupt a few years ago. They were done. There was no more Virgin Records. Um, and now they just really that they opened up an online record store. And so it was a really nice article. Like, in how, you know, they're talking about how this generation appreciates that. I, I don't know why, but when it's so much easier to download music, yeah. but fact, you know, the, sometimes it's good to have something tangible, man. Yeah, yeah it I, is. I miss, no. I miss opening up a cassette and being able to read lyrics. Or like it's, or, it's or, like or grabbing everything out of the or, ether and there's are no you gonna bring up are you bring are you gonna bring up the REM thing? No, <laughs> I mean, we can't. No. But no, or but or or trying to open the CD case. Like remember, you used to like rub your teeth on it and shit. Oh no, no? I had a little trick. You had a trick. You I would always rub open the it edge. Yeah. Or you could yeah, or you could open it or you could rub the edge. Thanks for letting me know now. I needed you guys in the fucking 90s. Now you're spitting out teeth like Tic Tacs. So. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I chipped my tooth three times. Are yeah. you serious? No, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but hope, hope reading lyrics from a And we CD. saw them go from the crystal cases to the, then they, you know, they were more environmentally friendly that they became like paper, like a cardboard. Oh, yeah, the cardboard, yeah. No, they're, but uh, what what you don't know is you know, opening up CD cases and reading lyrics could almost kill you. Uh, it was an experience. Thank you. What's the frequency? What's the frequency, Kenneth? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Michael Stipe, yeah. for almost killing us. He made an appearance on the documentary too. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, the first uh, Kanye Nathaniel. Hornsworth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But who else did that? Uh, the drummer from Rage Against the Machine. Remember when he? Well, he just climbed oh, yeah. something. He didn't. He oh, didn't and, run up on stage in front and, of somebody. And, o- and ODB. Thanks for the kids. But uh, back to Sonic Youth. We uh, we really wanted to like really, Sonic we, Youth. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to go. Well, you know, because they had Jason Lee in one of their videos, and you're no, like, and, and they, that's they, the cool you, skater band, and it's just nah, man. And and Nirvana would always talk about Sonic Youth, and you're like, God, I, I'm just. And I, I, man, I gave him a shot, bro. I gave him a shot. There's some more. I, yeah, I tried to, man. I really did, and just. <laughs> Yeah. I never felt it. You know who I never felt either, and you guys might hate this from Beck. And and it was all that, that same that same era. You're a too, loser, right? baby. Beck, man, I couldn't just I love maybe him. I'm too dumb. No. <laughs> He's too cerebral for me, man. It's just not your sound, man. No. We're still friends. Proving that people could disagree on things and still be friendly. Imagine that. Imagine yeah. that. But uh Will could learn from us, Carlos. But yeah. So all right, so I'm gonna run through the through the list real quick. We'll talk about some of the songs. Um so, so we just touched on sabotage. Um 
Intergalactic from Hello Nasty, which the Beastie Boys feel that that's their best album. I remember, yeah. Well, that, that's them going back to the roots of, of hip. Like it, it was more like a hip hop album, you know. Song, are they really saying I have an erection? I have no, an erection. That's no. not what said in that. Song. That's Brant ruining the song. That is everybody. all I hear. Yeah, that's thank. Well, thank DJ DBJ. Are you for, serious? Yeah, it's another dimension. Another. Oh dimension. my god. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. No. I'm watching the credits today, and yeah, I still hear the same thing. No, I, I, so because of Brant, I've also ruined that song for other people. And yeah, that was Brant who ruined that for Jesus everybody. Christ, Brant. <laughs> but uh, Shake Your Rump, you know, Paul's Boutique. I, again, that's when they were, they went back to playing instruments and you hear right off the back that drum roll and then they start. They uh, and then, that, and, and it was during that, the Dust Brothers, were they a big, like, um, electronic production, it's, or like, did they make their somewhat, own music too? Did yeah, but make... I didn't look into it. I, but I, I remember hearing that name, and yeah, just... and it was like I, they they were just known for very like complex layering of of samples, and like it, so it's like you know like normally if somebody will sample, they usually will sample one song, and then they'll chop up that song and take the bass line and put it here and you know the drums and blah 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 what they would do is they would have literally five different songs that they would just layer sample sample you know throughout the whole song and it was i mean it was you know it was cool and i mean you know you listen to shake your rump now and it still sounds fucking fantastic you know um which you'll hear now on the Bebo Dega. <laughs> yeah <it'll be> <laughs> but they had uh they did the fight club soundtrack or something like that too yeah the dust brothers yeah 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 they uh yeah, and it was like it's almost like a precursor to like to um prodigy uh not not the rapper prodigy like the group prodigy like it's yeah, very it was all the same time like chemical brother okay. prodigy. yeah like chemical Bro exactly yeah 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 but uh so then three the hard way um and i it's funny because they consider uh to the five boroughs their worst album i and there's a lot of hits on that album uh and, but i also like it because it's a tribute to new york the whole album was a tribute to new york um so i thought that was pretty cool uh, Paul Revere and New Style are my two favorite songs on, on License to Ill. Um, you know, that iconic sample, play, you know, playing it backwards and, and like that was extremely creative and it's a fun song. Uh, check it out. Uh, fight Do you for have your to right. say it like that? Check it out. Is that how it's spelled on the, on the, on the track list? That's how, yeah. And, and my favorite producer of all time has a remix to that. You know who it is? Who is your favorite producer of all time? Just Blaze. I didn't know he had a remix. Of it. Is that Method yeah. Man? No. Oh, that was what? Johnny Blaze. Johnny, no, Johnny Blaze. We just oh, yeah. we just did a, a, a Method Man show, a Wu Tang show, and there was a Johnny Blaze reference. So yeah. So um, and then obviously Fight for Your Right, which is what you know. Blew the introduction. Up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. man. And then Sure Shot, uh, probably the only song, uh, hip hop song that Nick knows from beginning to end. Uh, <laughs> and you know we mentioned uh when mca says i want to offer all my love and respect to the end to women you know and that that was the turning point on on their you know misogynistic past uh flute loop one of my favorite songs on no communication i love that song it's a very short song it's like just under two minutes um but great song uh, Body Moving, the Fat Boy Slim remix, 
You I thought it was a. I associate that more as a Fat Boy Slim song than I do Beastie Boys song for some reason. What? I, the body, body movement. Yeah. Just me, sonically. Like I. I well, I mean, I hear it's, more. It's a Fat Boy Slim song. It sounds like a Fat yeah, Boy Slim. Right. <laughs> and then uh, Shadrack, love that. Like, like it has a funky disco vibe, and you you hear the that vocal in the background constantly. The Oh, 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 a higher pitch, obviously, but and fun video to watch. And then now finding out that MCA did the artwork on it was pretty cool. Uh, so what you want, probably the biggest hit on Check Your Head. That, that was the game changer. Yeah. And then, like I said, I, you know, there's so many good songs on that album. And yes, I did kick myself for not, you know, adding more songs from Check Your Head because past the mic, gratitude, there's so many good songs on that album. Um, looking down the barrel of a gun, the the that weird uh, kind of drum roll during the whole song, and it's and it's kind of uh, grimy when you hear it. Um, love that song, Brass Monkey. I thought it was if you hear the version that they do in uh, Madison Square Garden, they start off with the original beat, and then they mix in songs that were popular during that uh, during that concert, and and you know keep on rapping over that, which I thought was pretty neat. Uh, make Some Noise, which is probably their last big video, was the Make make Some Noise where they had all the cameos uh, on it. Different uh, different actors were playing different versions of the Beastie Boys. Yeah, Seth, Seth Rogen and Seth I forgot Rogen. who else. Elijah Wood is in it. Elijah Wood, yep. Yeah, and then um, what's uh, Quincy Jones' daughter's in it? Uh, Rashida. Rashida, yeah. And then... Uh, Much love. And then too many rappers featuring Nas, which was the last video they ever made. Um, you know, so and that was a video that they filmed in Tennessee. Before, that was cool. Yeah, yeah. Before, did, that, did you do that on purpose? Like end it with that? No, no. I did the playlist before I saw that. Remember, I sent you guys the playlist last. Oh yeah, week. we've had it. Yeah, yeah, we've had it for a week. And and that that's a crazy coincidence too, right? And then. Uh, yeah, they recorded the video in Tennessee before they, the, the, it was a week before they played in Bonnaroo, right? Yeah. So, and then, to, like, look at the level of respect. Somebody like Nas, you know, wanting to collaborate with, you know, the legendary beast. And it's a great song. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with, with anything Beastie Boys. There's, you know, it, it's, they're, they're talented in their own way, just like when we talked about Wu Tang. You hear them, and you know it's them, and nobody replicates that sound. You know that that's who they are. And even when they've reinvented themselves each, you know each uh, each album, you always knew it was the BC Boys. You know, so um, again, kudos to to these guys. MCA is a human. Rest in peace. I mean, look, you have. Uh, you remember what they did in the Knicks game when they, you know, they stopped the game and acknowledged him and they had the, you know, on the Jumbotron, they did a whole moment of silence for MCA. New York still holds MCA day. Um, and, you know, these these guys are, you know, at, I mentioned earlier at the precipice of the history of hip hop and other genres. Like now, you know, part of history of punk, part of history of, you know, just music in general, you know, the, through video directing and, and people that they've developed along the way, it's, they're legends. And bringing Spike Jones to, to the forefront. Yeah, Spike Jones. 
I just got this whole like feeling that we're putting them to rest. The way this is, it's it's <laughs> it got a little somber. And I yeah. are, we, are we packing it in? Are we putting the PC boys to rest? Is that no, what? no, never. That's what it feels like it's happening right now. I think we're putting ourselves <laughs> to rest because we're like, getting oh, older. And man, <laughs> you need a hug, dude. You're right. So, oh, <laughs> it, it, it's a rough day, guys. <laughs> but uh. Eric, you have some knowledge for us? I do. I have three facts, and two of them, there's there's one fact that I that's the main fact, but two that I just had to share because I found them when I was looking for this one. And the first one, I wish I had it for the Wu-Tang show because there was a producer that pitched a reality show where people were going to be chained to old dirty bastard. <laughs> what? Yes, it never made it to air, and oh. there was like a concept, but it just it just never happened. And I thought that was could you like, you change to them? And the worst part, it's not even as bad as the reality shows that we have nowadays. So. Imagine being chained to old dirty bastard when that whole thing went down in the McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> like, get me the fuck out of here! <laughs> and it goes back to one of those things. Like, it could go either way. You're gonna have a great time. But then it could just turn at a drop of a hat. So, <laughs> uh, and the next one was that Neil Young was in a band with Rick James. All right, before he was like the big super freak and Rick went James. by the name Rick James Matthews. He was a staple of the New Year um, of the Toronto. Like, I guess there was a Toronto scene, music scene, and he was in a band called the the Minor Birds. <laughs> not making this up you know and 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 the guitarist in that band was a um was neil young right canadian neil young they eventually went to detroit where he was arrested he had an issue with the manager and he ratted him out and when they went to record it for motown he was arrested for being a wall because he he was a he was a draft dodger rick james I'm so he had gone, yeah, he had gone, he had gone to Canada. Anyways, I just had to share that one because I thought that was awesome. That was awesome. Had Neil Young and Rick James in a band together. That's like that's enough for a super group. <laughs> Enjoy <laughs> yourself. Enjoy. It's so, a so celebration, bitches. I found, and you know, we were talking about the whole MTV thing earlier, and I think it's kind of relevant that how exposure to music makes us like like it more. You know, you, you think something like if you don't like it and familiarity with it would breed contempt. Mm -hmm. But there was a research done in, in Arkansas, in the University of Arkansas, that repetition makes us like a song more. And I'm sure you've experienced it with your kids, right? That you hear these annoying uh, children's songs. What are you talking about? Baby Shark is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it drives you crazy, right? But then... Like, you, you know, you're trying to make like this effort to avoid these songs, but science is telling us that we're going to end up liking it. And, and I know one song that I experienced that with, it's, it's one that's here and that I love now, Brass Monkey. When I first heard that song, I hated the noise of it. That But then, you know, another one was um, It Takes Two with the repeated, where, oh, where? <laughs> I couldn't stand those songs when they first the came Dade out. County, Dade County Youth Fair Anthem. You know, Here and, free ride. Oh, my God. And I couldn't You know what's funny? Much, much like Martika, I thought that Rob Bass was from Miami. <laughs> I did, too. I did, too, Gilbert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So, you know, the, the, the more we listen to a song, the more we like it. So I, I think, it happened to me with your welcome in Moana. Oh, <laughs> all these that's what I, that, you know, I'm all these kids songs you guys listen to. I'm sure you catch yourselves every day singing it and you you enjoy it. Oh, yeah. I went to we had a we had a vacation as a group together and I'm the only non-parent in the group. Gilbert was there. Um, other friends of ours were there and they knew every single word to that fucking movie Moana. Yeah, and they played it several times that movie because that's what the kids wanted to see. And And see the all the adults were singing it, not because they hated it, because they were enjoying it, like they sang it with passion. And I'm looking at it like, what is happening right now? You're welcome. And shiny classics. The which one's shiny? Shiny is the one that the crab sings. The guy from I don't like that one. I don't like that one. That's because you haven't heard it enough. Is that Tim Curry? (laughs) Curry, Right? Yeah. You know that Tim Curry's in a wheelchair. No, not Tim Curry. Tim Curry doesn't say it. It's the guy from uh, the, oh. the show, uh, the vampire show, uh, the Shadows one uh, from the movie. The, the, he's the one that sings it. Johnny Taiki Waititi? No, no, the, what the, God damn it. Jermaine Clement, you're right. It's Jermaine Clement. Yes, that guy. That guy's the one that sings it. Wow, why did I bring up Tim Curry? I don't know. But now that you told me that he's in a wheelchair... That's okay. sad. Why do I always go dark? Yeah, dude. All right. All right. Well, let's wrap this bitch up. Um, Gilbert? Wait. Wait. Yes, Eric. Okay, I'm done. Okay. Eric, you have something? Or Gilbert, you have something you want to say? In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Thank you, people, Dega family. (laughs) Eric, take us out. Bye. All right, guys, take care. Oh, my God.